Hey, this is Jain Sharma, and you're listening to the Toehold Radio. Okay, so uh, thank you, um, Ram Saurabh, for joining, and thank you everybody else for uh, being prompt, joining us exactly at six thirty. So the idea today is, you know, um, the next six months have been uh, times when we are going to prepare for uh, the winter. Uh, probably end of December to March, I think, will be a very good time. to uh, go to various places in the himalayas in order to look for um, the snow leopard so while um, while the three of us have been uh, reasonably lucky with our snow leopard sightings and uh, for people who don't know ram krishnan ayya swami and saurabh desai are um, excellent photographers and skippers at tohold they are going to lead trips in the coming months we've been waiting for the lockdowns and the covids to allow us some kind of a you know uh, opportunity to conduct these trips ram has already done a few uh, kabini trips um, and uh, with tohold uh, as in uh, as a skipper and uh, saurabh has also um, the last thing was the tanzania trip that you did saurabh um, correct was just before the lockdown so um, while uh, we wait for the others um, you know bahut log puchte hai ki what is unsia odissi karke we have named the expedition unsia odissi so for people who don't know Unsia is basically the scientific name of the snow leopard. Uh, the scientific name is called Panthera unsia. Uh, Panthera leo is the lion, and Panthera pardus, um, you know, uh, is the leopard. And of course, the snow leopard is Panthera unsia. So, which is why we call this expedition the Unsia Odyssey. Um, which, uh, of course, um, uh, all three of us have been leading the trips there. Um, so, the idea here is to educate a lot of us about. snow leopards in general about um the way people can do snow leopard expeditions maybe if somebody is interested in going there next year how do you prepare for it some information about the destinations and of course um hearing from ram and saurabh and of course uh, anybody else who would like to ask questions about uh, experiences in the in the mountains um, so uh, saurabh when was the first time you went to the mountains uh, especially the himalayas yeah i mean uh The first time I went to the mountains was physically not for snow leopards, mm. but if we are to, as we are talking about snow leopards, the first time I tried for snow leopard was 2017, and that was in Hamish National Park. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It was like I mean the timing was same. It was peak February and peak winter as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were not lucky enough to get the snow leopard during 2017 in Hamish National Park. Right. Right. And yeah, and then I tried in 2018 to Ule. Right. Ule mm-hmm. Valley is another place for snow leopards. Quite uh, famous after that uh, National Geographic documentary right. that they made in Ule. Right. So mm-hmm. I went to Ule, and the third trip was there in Spiti Valley. Mm-hmm. And the third trip was quite lucky. I had uh, 20 sightings in 20 days. Fantastic, yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah. So I was quite lucky. Uh, in 2020 mm. and i was also lucky just uh, i was i was also lucky not just because of these sightings mm. but also because of the great sightings i mean the situations when i got to see snow leopards were really amazing i mean absolutely a couple of times we saw it fr- crossing the river and uh, we saw the kill we saw it with the cubs i mean mm. the mother and the cubs mm-hmm. and the male snow leopards so Right. In terms of sightings 2019 was very uh, fruitful right and right. 
आई गेस अकॉर्डिंग टू मी आउट ऑफ दीज थ्री प्लेसेज आई मीन हेमेश नेशनल पार्क उले वैली एंड स्पीति वैली आई गेस स्पीति इज वेरी फ्रूटफुल इन टर्म्स ऑफ साइटिंग राइट राइट एब्सोल्युटली राम व्हाट अबाउट यू व्हेन वाज योर फर्स्ट माउंटेन एक्सपीरियंस नो लेपर्ड और अपार्ट थैंक्स फॉर हैविंग मी हियर जयंत एंड दिस इज अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग सब्जेक्ट एंड टॉपिक and this is this also happens to be my first clubhouse uh, connect as well uh, although i signed up very early but i just couldn't get on to any conversation so thanks for making this happen for me it's going to be even more memorable no problem yeah, yeah of course pleasure yeah. hmm. thank you so my first mountain expedition was when i was uh, not even a photographer hmm. not even a photographer with my camera hmm. i used to like borrow from friends and all of them and i went in 2004 december to um uh dalhousie <laughs> so i had planned a six day trek right uh, where it starts from dalhousie and then again ends at dalhousie we go till chambal and then kind of uh, chamba and then come back up right so that was my trip so back in 2004 2005 i had a friend who was traveling along who had a, a point and shoot camera right. and i had also borrowed a film camera and then gone Right, right. But after that, I couldn't go to the Himalayas uh, for any expedition as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my only next uh, Himalaya expedition was the 2017 Snow Leopard expedition. Right, right, right. Awesome. I'll talk to Harsha in a bit, but I want to tell you guys about my first time <clears throat> in the mountains. So, um, you know, I, I actually started traveling very, very frequently in 2005, 6, and 2007, 8 season was when I went to Ladakh for the first time. and um and when i told people that i'm going to ladakh for wildlife they were all laughing at me because you know usually we go to uh, bandagad rantambore kabini bandipur kind of places for wildlife and i said i'm going to ladakh for wildlife and that was my first trip and it was in july and rahul rao was my guide so um only the two of us i had exclusively hired him and we went to ladakh and it was a 17 day trip on um, you know we had a cook and a driver and the two of us in a qualis no idea where we'll stay and uh, amazingly um, saurabh and uh, ram and of course others um, you must know in ladakh there is a region after the pangong lake you know pangong lake is about 60 kilometers they say and after some part about 8 kilometers further the road ends for tourists there's a small settlement there called spangmik and yep. you can't cross spangmik as a tourist back then i don't know what it is like now it's been 4 years since i went to ladakh but from there was actually when our expedition started and that was a little bit of a sensitive area because it's pretty close to china and what 12 days we started from spangmik i remember the next day we camped in um, the outskirts of a town called shushul and from there we you know we had uh, amazing uh, camping out in the places where that's really a place where you can see wildlife lot of kiangs lot of woolly hair lot of uh, black neck cranes including the sacker falcon quite a lot of wildlife that we saw over those 10 12 days and we camped in hanle for about 2 3 days i remember it was an abandoned house and uh, we wanted to just be safe in the house and black neck cranes were my focus back then that was my first mountain trip and we ended the trip in somoriri and then finally sokar and in sokar i was pretty lucky to get black neck crane chicks and foxes and kiangs and sand grosses and you know it's amazing trip instead of one day we extended and stayed there for 3 days um and then we came back to lay via taglangla and um, you know um, the the area from the south so that was my first trip and when i came back from there and i started writing a trip report 
people back in Bangalore and everywhere else who were following my website back then called Wildlife Times, they started asking me, did you see the snow leopard? I was like, what the hell, yaar? how can you even expect a snow leopard sighting? That too in July, and even if it is not July, let's say it was winter, in 2007, if somebody asked you that question, it's like, did you see God kind of a question. It was absolutely meaningless to ask that question. But then, suddenly in the year 2011, um, we saw Dhritiman, you know, get some intimate pictures of the snow leopard in Spiti, especially the one, the old fellow with a broken tail, and then another individual, and then opened the Pandora's box of snow leopard sightings. And I think 2015-16 onwards, Spiti has gained a lot of momentum, and last three years, people who have been to Spiti have always been lucky. I hope it continues. And my recent trip, 2020 Feb, it was supposed to be 2020 Jan, but we had an avalanche, and two days before the trip, we cancelled the trip because I don't remember the kaha hai wo jagah pe jahan pe avalanche jaake road block kar diya tha. Three, four days tak there was you know ice moving on the road. and nobody could uh, travel from there and uh, we cancelled the trip and some of them moved to the feb trip and of course feb 2020 to march 2020 i was in spiti for about 15 days um, and i had a great time uh, in- including uh, prasanjit uh, yadav who was also there uh, working for natgeo for an assignment and um, i think i think that old snow leopard the male snow leopard that um, everybody saw in that uh, fortnight was the highlight of my trip so um amazing exciting trip uh, guys anybody else who has any thoughts questions you can all always uh, you know raise your hands we'll give you the mic but we'll ask you a question whenever it's appropriate so please feel free to participate in the discussion don't want it to be a um, monologue of sorts or let's say three people talking uh, please feel free to participate and ask questions so i'll i'll play the role of a um what can i say mc here so i'll keep asking questions and also share some of my snippets so harsha i have a thought for you If you really I want to I maintain the catman status, <laughs> you know what is to be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you... the one cat which is still elusive. <laughs> so I, I hope, I hope you will get the elusive cat soon. And after that, uh, catman is truly your title. <laughs> <laughs> so in fact, I have some interesting uh, things to know from you three guys. So maybe I'll also be asking you guys the questions. I want to know how your experiences were. What are the tips you guys can give to people who want to go there for the first time and all? Awesome. So, uh, Saurabh, um, yes. Can you please do the honors of answering these questions on yep. how should one prepare for a snow leopard expedition? Uh, I guess uh, first of all, it starts with the physical fitness. Physical, mental fitness, both. I guess uh, it goes hand to hand. Because a lot of people I have seen those who are coming for snow leopard trips, they were okay when the snow leopard sightings were near by the village, and they can just you know walk, maybe one one and a half two kilometers uh, walk used to be fine. But whenever the sightings were away, I mean like uh, say for the, there is a place called Gate Side and there is another place called uh, uh, Mayur Nala and all. If the sightings are far away from the village and when you have to walk more than four five kilometers. Used to be the task for most of the people, and those were the places where I could really see the snow leopard from the very close proximity of their uh, in in their habitat, I guess. So uh, uh, first, I I think everybody should start with a physical fitness. I guess uh, one and a half month, I mean forty forty five days preparation with cardio training is uh, quite required if you really want to because 
the oxygen level is always really very low at that altitude and during winter when we have to climb above 14000 feet is really a task because the temperature sometimes even in the daytime when we start in the morning the temperature used to be minus 15 to minus 20 degrees and by afternoon probably it is minus 10 to 12 degrees right and it evening it again start drop it, it it drops by minus 20 to minus 25 sometimes right and right. the oxygen level is very low so i guess those who have been to these places before and those who have experienced uh, minus 10 minus 15 minus 20 degree they would understand that how difficult it can be for a person to be there and again we have to manage all the equipments that you have to carry your payload i mean the camera and lenses of course uh, the helpers are there the porters are there along with you but sometimes you know just to just shifting a camera from one place to another becomes a task for a lot of people i mean true opening up the tripod when you are actually having gloves i mean like a wicket keeper kind of gloves right right <laughs> two right. layers you know so it becomes a task so i guess uh, i used to do a 6 km run for almost 30 35 days and some cardio exercise what we call hiit that high intensive uh, training that we say there's a floor exercise right, right it really helps a lot i mean so physical fitness is really which is very much required and another thing is the mental fitness which has to be there because if you are really lucky and you got to see the snow leopard is is always amazing but you have to be very stable when you don't you know because uh, when you because i had two failed exped, uh, expeditions in oxford snow leopard in hamish and ule but mm. i could not see the snow leopard and in that cases you have to be you know little easy and your other options like you have to see for birds like lammergeier and chukar and snowcocks and all mm. right mm. golden eagle then you also should look for foxes and wolves and all if you are lucky i mean wolves are equally difficult like snow leopard so uh, another thing is mental fitness is also required right right so uh, before going to that i mean apart from cardio exercise i was also preparing ki jo shoes aap pehen ke jane wale you know there's snow shoes so mm. i was running with those shoes right because lot of people actually having some trouble when they were wearing those snow shoes for the first time when they came to speak correct shoe bite hoga mm-hmm. बट सूरत में सूरत में लोग सूरत में लोग आपको देख रहे हंस रहे होंगे कौन है येड़ा इतना बड़ा शूज पहन के सूरत में So guys um one is an area called Ladakh I'm sure all of you know it's recently a union territory um where uh, in Ladakh there are these valleys where there are settlements of um, Ladakhis um who live in the mountains like there is an area called Rumbak there is an area called Markha Valley then there is an area called the Ule area so Ladakh is an amazing place to see snow leopards it's probably one of the best places in the past to see but then what we photographers need is not to just see because you know when you have a spotting scope half a kilometer away you see a snow leopard which is sitting on a rock and you will have to spend 5 minutes to spot it and then oh there's a snow leopard and then that's not enough for photo enthusiasts so we need relatively closer distances of sightings which is what spiti is as a place so just to set context when you go to spiti we start driving from chandigarh um which is 
थ्री डेज अवे फ्रॉम स्पिति एंड फ्रॉम चंडीगढ़ वी स्टार्ट स्लोली क्लाइंबिंग अप वी गो टू शिमला फ्रॉम देयर वी गो टू ए प्लेस कॉल्ड नारकंडा फ्रॉम देयर वी गो टू ए प्लेस कॉल्ड प्लीज रिमाइंड मी रामनगर रामनगर इट्स रामनगर इज ए लो आल्टीट्यूड प्लेस नेक्स्ट टू द रिवर then we go to this um, um, rampur it is rampur 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 yeah rampur, correct so then you know then we go to some elevations on the way where we spend time every day so that we are acclimatized so we don't have Rekong to rekongpio yeah rekongpio is the i think again a 14000 feet uh, uh, place where we spend a night so that people who have not been in high altitudes will acc- acclimatize there their bodies will get used to the oxygen levels and the kind of uh, uh, situation there and um that's that's pretty much what we do and then we start going down and then we reach the valley of spiti and we reach a town called um tabo and then we reach a town called kaza kaza is a township it's probably the biggest township in spiti from kaza we start ascending further and reach our final destination which is called kibber kibber they say is the highest settlement um, you know which is a small village of a few hundred people that's where we are staying and we stay in small homestays which means we go in the months of jan feb and maybe a little bit of march as well so one of the downsides of going to the mountains in the winter is water is not in a liquid state water is frozen because it's so cold so the bathrooms and the toilets will not have flowing water so there are you know modern facilities there there is a flush toilet there are pipes and water and tanks and all of that but then water itself is not in a state where it can flow through the pipe so anybody who wants to go to the mountains let's start with the day when you begin the day you have to be ready to do the most important duty of the day in a pit toilet and not in your flush toilet so that is something which is a very important thing to note because everybody gets excited by snow leopards but when we speak to them about the shitty things that's when they get a little turned <laughs> off <laughs> so so there are these uh, pits um and we do carry a seat uh and then of course you you get used to it in a day or two and the third day you start behaving like zindagi bhar wahi pe karte aaye hai kind of a situation <laughs> it's important for people who have never imagined all this to tell you that um and of course um what happens here is every day we get up at 6 6:30 7 we don't need to get up at 5 o'clock like you do in kabinir bandhavgarh ranthambore and there are these excellent trackers who from the villages go to two three different directions and they reach the ridges of these small mountains and valleys and they take the binocular spotting scopes they see the pug marks on snow and they try to anticipate some movement and luckily one in one two days or maybe once in three days or if you're lucky like i had every day you would spot a snow leopard or an opportunity to spot a snow leopard and they'll radio your guide who will be sitting and having omelet and eggs and bread and god knows what poha and stuff like that in maggi in the in the homestay where you'll be warm and you'll be all decked up and dressed up and we'll keep people ready to shoot in 5 minutes so that we are all ready so when the news comes we hope the news says the snow leopard is at a approachable distance there are two three places one of the places in kibber i don't know what you guys called it ram and saurabh i used to call it balcony because you know <laughs> it's like 50 log balcony mein khada ho ke niche there is a drama going on and that's a good valley so we hope that's where the snow leopard is and for us the first sighting was there which is about 10 minute of walk from the car so we take you in a car or in a bus 
and we alight we remove the tripods we take all the things we take water insulated water bottles because remember water gets frozen in a few minutes outside in the open so thermal bottles and uh, we go down to this place and hopefully snow leopard is sleeping sitting and we enjoy the sighting the whole day and if the snow leopard sighting continues our porters will go back to the car the car will go back to the homestay get us food and the food will come where we are sitting and we will enjoy seeing a snow leopard while eating maggi or bread or chawal or dal or god knows what this is the best case scenario this is a luxury snow leopard experience but sort of tell us about gete and kitna mushkil hai gete mein snow leopard dekhna exactly exactly so i mean whenever the sightings i mean the news comes that uh, sightings are near by gete so you have to ascend another 1000 uh, feet from the kibber which becomes a task it is around 4 and a half 5 kilometers away from kibber village so as soon as the sighting is over this side i mean everybody is you know well prepared i mean you have to be you have to you know we we generally say that pull up your socks but you have to pull up your gaiters because without gaiters walking into this uh, snow desert becomes really a task mm. so we pull up all of our gaiters we also uh, ask people to take walking sticks right. we start from home right it is very very important to take walking stick if you are not comfortable walking in the snow mm. and then uh, probably after four and a and, and whenever i'm saying four and a half four and a half five kilometers mm. so it almost takes uh, three three and a half hours a lot of people i mean true so so those who are very fit in terms of physical fitness they would probably be there in one and a half two hours mm. but most people when it's a group uh, generally takes three three and a half hours to reach there mm-hmm. and from there again you have to start looking into the another side of the valley right. like like what you were saying in the from the balcony mm. either it is down there in the valley or it is in, in front of the ridge i mean in front of the ridge where we are sitting mm. So then the sighting happens. So when I, I remember a time when we spotted a snow leopard female and cubs for the first time. So uh, I remember that the guide kept on telling us that okay, the uh, the female is walking, the cubs are following, the female is sitting. It took almost uh, half an hour, forty-five minutes for us to spot the female for the first time. Right. Although so far. it was there just in front of us all the time. Hmm. So Gete is not just uh, difficult in terms of, uh, I mean, reaching the place, but also sighting is quite far away from there, right. from Gete site. Right. So spotting is also becomes a big problem. Right. 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 So uh, I guess uh, those who were there uh, with me, mm. some of them actually dropped the idea to be there in the Gete and they returned. back to the homestay after walking one and a half two kilometers i see area. yeah i see and that is why i was actually you know asking people to be physically quite fit mm. and uh, the best sighting of female and the cubs mm-hmm. was there in kete site wow. and not everybody could be there so i mean if i if i am not wrong mm. when i was there uh, around 55 to 60 photographers were there during their expeditions okay and out of 55 60 people with their porters and helpers only 12 or 15 of us could reach there right 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 wow mm-hmm. so that that is the difficulty level i was talking about i mean so you know if if you are physically quite fit the chances of spotting snow leopard increases true true, I mean. true. and also yeah, this is when you say gete are you referring to the highway uh, which they also call uh, sarah is it the highway no gete is Gete is another. Gete area takes you to the another village, actually. 
village. Okay, okay. So, so Ram, very, very small settlement. While you're climbing up to Kibar, there's one small mm-hmm. road which continues further ahead. To the right side. Yeah. So Correct. from there you start walking and at two, three hours later you'll reach Gete. So Gete is like Sabki Lete. It's very tough place. Uh, ah, so it, it, so so the thing is, guys, for whoever is wanting to go to you know a snow leopard expedition, so as as we are all saying, um it's not necessary that you are a mountaineer. It's not necessary that you Correct. learn rock climbing. You just need to focus on one thing, which is your endurance. You just need to be able to learn to breathe while walking, learn to close your mouth and take air, so that you know, um, you know, uh, so that you don't take in cold air, and then you'll get a chest congestion, and then all the trick. Um, you know, for for me, I'll explain my uh, thing, uh, Saurabh. Though I'm not an extremely yep. fit guy. I took 2 days to acclimatize and I was racing even though I was much bigger than many other people there I realized endurance is not something to do with how a person looks like endurance Correct. is to do with how the person's physiology is how the person can you know I think the best way is to ECG test yourself and you'll know how you perform when your heart is beating and if the person can walk normally for a few kilometers and can practice elevated walks Uh, if you have a treadmill just elevate your treadmill to level 4 5 and you know walk slowly we don't need speed in these places we de- need Correct. endurance we need um, you know it's like a marathon i think it's not like a race it's just exactly. that consistent walking and uh, for me what about that uh, other place on the top of uh, kibber when you go i think about 1 hour of a walk you'll go to another valley Um, It's called highway. Highway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so f- that was a great place for us to sit and watch uh, the snow leopards on the other side of the valley, where they've kept a lot of camera traps and stuff like that. You know what? My second ever snow leopard sighting. I heard the snow leopard call, and it was echoing from the valley. Seeing through an 800 millimeter lens, I could see when the snow leopard opens his mouth and calls, but I would hear the call about one second or two seconds later. that was the distance of the animal and the echo or let's say the sound was traveling so slowly sight was of course light was traveling so fast so it's not easy so it's not like a tiger tour where you'll go and find it 30 40 50 60 meters so let's talk about gear ram what's the gear you recommend for a snow leopard tour uh sure jan but you know if i can also add another point to the fitness thing which is very important and that's what i've been telling a lot of friends who travel in the past please just to the point that uh, you know you added and also what sort of gotten i know there could be a lot of participants who probably may think you know running is not my cup of tea due to a lot of knee constraints and other things so that case you need not really worry if if you can walk do a brisk walk every day probably begin with 2 kilometers and then probably be comfortable around the after a fortnight or something around approaching close to 4 or 5 kilometers that you can do brisk walk and and that's will that will actually help you breathe well manage your breathing technique and also you walking 5 kilometers will build your endurance because walking 5 kilometers here without a break brisk walk is like walking a kilometer or a kilometer and a half and you will not be tired hmm. that is what is the you know the relativity of the fitness here because of the lack of oxygen there and the and the abundant oxygen here right right yeah. there are a lot of people so that will also give you a lot of moral boost as you are saying you know you comfortably doing 5 kilometers here then yeah you you will be able to kind of and then comes the adrenaline right when when you know there is a snow leopard sighting and everything automatically your enthusiasm levels and everything adrenaline will pump in and then you will be able to kind of push that further 
that's that's the thing that I wanted to add. Right. Coming to the gear, um, coming to the gear, right? So um, I, I carried all all sorts of uh, equipments with a different focal length, right from a GoPro to a 600mm with 1.4TC and a 2XTC and everything. So, but what what really is, is recommended there is something like, you know, I would strongly recommend a 7200 because your landscape shots on a 7200 itself will look like fairly wide, fairly wide because the mountains are huge. Secondly, from a snow leopard standpoint, uh, something like a 600mm, anything upwards of 500mm. And it's always good if you even have a teleconverter. Mm-hmm. But as Saurabh and Jayant were saying, right, the this, uh, you know, snow leopard settings, always imagine that it is always going to happen in the other ridge. It's going to be in the other side. There is going to be a gorge in between. It's going to be happening on the other side. It's a bonus for you if it happens on the same side as where you are or where you're walking. If it happens by the gods uh, right below or something like that. So keep considering that in mind. I would say carrying two camera bodies and and at least three different lenses. One for a landscape, other one a 7200 and third lens, your tele, super telephoto lens, something like a 500mm or a 600mm or a 800mm is, is a must with a solid tripod and a uh, good gimbal head. Right, that's a, that's an important point. I'm I'm sure a lot of photo enthusiasts use lenses like a 200, 500, or a 100, 400, or you know something like that, and they they are happy to shoot leopards and tigers and stuff like that in those kind of focal lengths. But if they come to a place like uh, Spiti and get a snow leopard, I think most of the uh, scape shots of snow leopards are also plus of 500 mm, 600 mm. And um, what I do is uh, use a 600 millimeter on a camera like an A7R4 with um, a 1.4x with a crop mode which is like yeah. super 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 long uh, magnification uh, it's like a 900 millimeter on a crop mode which gives you extremely extremely um, you know but the problem with such a setup is haze so when the, when the animal is very far you might not get sharp photos in the middle of the day that's because of environmental haze but then after 4 p.m or 3 p.m and Till about 9 10 in the morning you do get amazing light and great shots so super telephoto lenses a must somehow nobody has raised their hands i think they are spellbound by the scare of the snow leopard terrain and the territory i'm sure um, if you guys uh, okay that brings us the first question from naveen shall we take a question guys yep. um okay guys i'm giving you the mics naveen go ahead please ankit karthik wait for your turns please naveen uh, please go ahead with your question just giving Naveen the mic. Uh, Ankit, if you're free, you can take the question. Uh, Jayant, can you hear me? Yes, Naveen, go ahead. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. No, it is exciting to hear this topic because uh, in 2019, I was there. Uh, I did my challenge. Yeah. So the others, please mute your. Uh, um, yeah. Go ahead, Naveen. So in 2019, I did my challenge, and then 2016, I did my Kailash. Okay, which uh, walking uh, through the. Uh, Likulek Pass. It's about some 250 kilometer uh, trek over 22 days. And then before that, about I think it was in 99, 2000, I think I did my Sarpas and all, Manikarna and Sarpas. Right, right. So it's just, uh, I think quite long time. I, as you are saying, you know, I can relate to what you are saying in terms of the preparation, mm. in terms of the kind of endurance, in terms of I think it's more than anything else. It tests your, uh, uh, I would say, willpower. Tests your willpower. And you need to be absolutely top-notch in preparation. These kind of trips, I would say, 
as you get older i think if you are anyone who is over 40 who is trying to go for this kind of tricks i would say don't try to start like somebody who is in the 20s or 30s who can actually prepare for about 45 days 30 45 days i would say at least you need to prepare for not less than 2 months hey, can, minimum I mean, uh, can, can you please push that to 50 i just turned 40 man don't make me feel bad <laughs> <laughs> no no i am on the 50 okay don't do it again i want to see that's why i'm only just stopping there because i don't want to feel old <laughs> okay okay all right <laughs> uh, mm. so everybody who is there i think you need to prepare well because what happens is that your body does not recover as much as you are when you are in that's the first and foremost thing i, I know that some of us who maybe uh, might have done this trip earlier they get better but i think these kind of places the cold uh, winter mornings and way you take care of your health i think is super super important and uh, operating the camera is just a nightmare like that try doing it even the just the point and shoot when i took uh, on these trips because i did not take my dslr because my purpose was very different those days so but operating point and shoot itself is a huge huge task right. anything what you do is a huge task i think you need to practice you need to prepare well especially if you are wearing glasses i think you need to be little more careful because in these places you need to have your sunglasses and then if you are wearing sunglasses you cannot wear the normal glasses then the fog and all those kind of things if you are using both of them it's a very careful you need to be i think every time you take out camera you need to keep it back i think you need to make sure that uh, the fog and other kind of things are taken care all that you need to manage as you rightly said no i think these places uh, if you get a sighting it's amazing but even if you don't get sighting the place itself is just amazing it's it's a lifetime experience for anyone who goes to these uh, places i think you need to even without any wildlife or even birds also if you can just enjoy the scenery enjoy the landscape enjoy how the actually humans can survive in those harsh environment if you can appreciate it it's amazing i would say expeditions yeah. but i would i would look forward to really means uh, uh going through one of these uh, snow leopard expeditions because they are on my definitely on my list of to do's right 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 absolutely thanks navin you are welcome to ask a question whenever you want ankit hi uh, any questions you have yeah hello jayan sir hi ramakrishnan sir hello saurabh bhai it's been always pleasure to be in such a uh, sessions always and get you so much of knowledge from you all experienced senior sir uh basically sir i belong from dehradun and i basically lives in uh, baroda right now from past several years and doing my all wildlife stuff uh snow leopard uh, expedition is always a challenging and a dream come to kind of a trip because it's been so much of physical fitness and all and with all heavy gears you always want uh my question at oh sorry as uh, earlier saurabh bhai said about the fitness so my question is another thing about the first aid that uh, what other precautions we are all taking regarding the first aid conditions because the conditions was totally worst over there uh, somehow and it's a unpredictable condition sometimes and it's not about sighting but it's about surviving so uh, sir bhai can you please uh, uh, giving some uh, tips on uh, health tips also on first aid and uh, one more thing uh, jain sir uh, i just also want ki what kind of other preparations if we are going for a snow leopards regarding the clothes and regarding the shoes and what sure. kind of quality stuff we have to uh, deal with us sir sure so sure. that's all my question sir thank you sure so saurabh do you want to answer his first question about uh, health and uh, safety and precautions and yes yes uh, so uh, 
basically when it comes to first aid i mean the basic knowledge of first aid i guess is now very common and most of us we know about it but what we need to know about the emergency conditions can be only two condition one is an accident and another thing is the altitude sickness we need to know about altitude sickness because a lot of people those who come for snow leopard expeditions they have to maintain the discipline in terms of getting acclimatization because a lot of people if they reach the place and they are not acclimatized well you know they don't spend time at that altitude and they immediately go out and start shooting village or anything outside village or nearby houses they may get into altitude sickness and we should know it is not just the first aid i mean in terms of you have you have you have gone through an injury or something but the first aid of altitude sickness because as soon as people start uh, getting altitude sickness there are some basic symptoms like uh, they have a uh, they have a swollen hands and the face you know they start talking some random things and all so there are different stages of altitude sickness that we need to know when we are there so at every stage uh, you if you if you are caught up by altitude we have to immediately go to the lower altitude that is the only first aid that we need to know in terms of altitude sickness lot of people also uh, also talk about the dimox that people generally take just a day or two day before when they are actually ascending to these kind of altitude so dimox is uh, probably one of the thing that it may help you but we also have to understand that dimox is a is is a diurnal uh, tablet so if you are taking dimox you have to take enough water intake because water intake is very very important in at these altitudes because sometimes you don't know that you are getting dehydrated because you are not taking enough water and generally we don't want to take enough water because it is extremely cold and you don't feel like taking something cold inside your body so uh, along with acclimatization we have to understand water intake and uh, basic symptoms of altitude sickness which we should know and what are the critical conditions after altitude sickness and the first aid of altitude sickness that we have to keep it in our mind also also experienced tour operators will definitely have backup yes. plans of yes. oxygen will have some kind of a first aid kit will know the nearest telephone number of a dispensary which is in kaza um and we'll have some kind of transport vehicle and all of that but then having said all of that guys each and every person will react in a different way in mountains um one is physiological also emotional i have seen biologists and scientists sitting in the mountain and crying so if people don't know the side effects of mountain sickness it is not even physical sometimes it can be emotional also some people just don't know what they're doing they're just crying 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 and you know you you feel like something is wrong but that's a symptom of mountain sickness some people behave very aggressively some people behave very cranky some people get severe headaches so it can go wrong in many ways health wise but then experienced uh, people will know how to take care of you if you're not feeling well that day if you have a shooting headache you definitely need to rest that day and you know maybe in a few hours will be fine but the the secret is eat well drink well sleep well and then dress well uh, and of course um, when you do things which are you know um, um, what prescribed things are by your guide and your um, you know uh, watcher and your tour operator or your you know photo skipper things should be fine so we don't believe in doing anything heroic um, one is of course our health two is also we don't want to ruin Uh, a snow leopard opportunity for many others 
so i have seen people who go very close and the animal gets up and walks away and 100 people standing far away will lose the opportunity and stuff like that uh, anything specific ankit health wise you wanted to know have you had any experiences or heard people who had problems i have known people who have died in the mountains because of mountain sickness um, but that's the extreme but i think a majority of people come back safe uh, even though they might get a mount- a acute mountain sickness uh, for a while so basically i don't hear that but uh, i am just asking about my uh, just for knowledge because it's always a uh, climate conditions was not always unpredictable disturbance there so uh, any time it would be changed so just for that and so one thing i just also ask ki uh, there are as i saw saurabh bhai every day that uh, how he maintain his and and all the training and all stuff said na because he already said that how it is that is much important for a person who goes there from a, a regular condition from another uh, existing condition which is totally different from those conditions so sir i am asking uh, did any kind of uh, as you whenever we are uh, going there so any kind of in future it is going to be happen that uh, any uh, before starting the trip any kind of some uh, uh medical treatment facilities or some kind of knowledge sharing session or some kind of this uh, kind of activity we already get before we starting the trip sir on a day or two before so we are told what we do is we pass on information that helps people prepare it could be weeks before the trip it could be days before the trip and then after we start also as i said we start from chandigarh <clears throat> and then we make sure we slowly ascend we go to different places we test each person and how they behave when we go to rikong pio we'll go on a small walk just to watch how people are some people might pant and not be very good and we'll have to take care of them and so it's it's actually not very um, you know it's not like you're climbing everest at the same time you need to be reasonably fit so uh, I, i don't think there is anything uh, you don't need to go through a huge course or a training or anything of that sort as long as people are generally fit they will struggle a little and in a couple of days they'll get acclimatized to the place okay sir okay because i have never been there i am from planning from past years but not been successful every time right but yes somehow this time i will be get as much as possible to been there sir all right thanks sir thanks and thank you sir thank you add on here jayan i would just like to add on here that a lot of people sometimes they don't follow the basic instructions given by the locals the guides and tour operators you know people that you have to cover your head you have to cover your ears you know you have to go for acclimatization walks you know they because in mountain it is saying that climb high and sleep low so there are certain instructions about your eating habits about your drinking about walking and acclimatization we should uh, follow them blindly because a lot of people think they know i have been to these mountains before doesn't not, nothing happened to me i'm quite fit and this and that okay everything is fine but every time you go there you have to follow these instructions very carefully and very and you have to be in discipline in mountains true true i cannot deny i cannot agree more because as they say right uh, some people may have gone a x number of times and they think they know they know and understood it really well but the mountains know better and the locals know better i think simple discipline of its food and diet and just following the tour operator or the the tour leader or the or the local tour leader who's uh, where where we kind of uh, take shelter in the home stays their instructions are never to be kind of uh, ignored yeah thanks uh, thanks ram and saurabh uh, mayur do you have a question yes yes good evening everyone so uh, my question is uh, 
is there anyone uh, who visited uh, eastern himalayas for snow leopard uh, like from starting from kanchenjunga to mikmi uh, hills in the arunachal definitely not me uh, i doubt if any other uh, colleagues of mine have done that um, sorry me either uh, no, no, no no the thing is mayur uh, the reason why not many of us have done that is because you know um, just like tiger tourism right tigers are in many places but then a lot of us go to places where we can see them easily so since we come from a tourism perspective we are actually going to places where it's relatively easier to see which means the frequency is relatively uh less and because of which we can actually come back happily but we have not we have not explored the eastern himalayas i'm sure there are snow leopards in many areas there as well um and in a place like namdafa also uh, all three cats are their leopards and clouded leopards and snow leopards and stuff like that but uh, i think that will happen for somebody who will do it as an expedition rather than uh, be a part of a tour because it will be more exploratory in nature than you know uh, what we do for uh, for work I work at Namdapa only. Oh! <laughs> Just recently, two three days ago, I came back from an expedition for snow leopard. Right. Actually, uh, we have placed uh, trap cameras. Fantastic. I'm a researcher, so, so we don't carry big lenses, but we carry trap cameras. Fantastic, fantastic. I would love to connect with you because I'm 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 very fascinated by Namdapa, as I said. I would love to go there one day. um and irrespective of the big cats at least for the landscape horn bills and many other things i'll connect with you mayur uh, later on hi kartik hi hi jent uh, thank you so much uh, um i actually had two questions uh, what is the minimum number of days that one should dedicate for a trip like this because you know it's not every day that you get to go to uh go for an expedition for uh, snow leopard right. no it's not bandavgarh or taruba i am actually based in nagpur so for me penj taruba are very i frequently go there right uh so what at here you know uh, because i am a practicing lawyer right i don't get many holidays except for one very big uh, one whole month in the month of may which as i understand is not the best time to go to uh, go for snow leopards mm. so I would have to plan well in advance. Right. So I'm just wondering how many days should one dedicate? Right. And uh, my second question is, uh, uh, what about other carnivores? Because I remember speaking with Raghu once, and he told me uh, that very rarely, in fact, just once, he told me he saw wild dogs. Uh, he's never seen a lynx there. But uh, what about you guys? Have you encountered other carnivores in that area? Okay, let me answer your first question before I forget it. Uh, so, is it okay if I take you through our expedition, which is called the Unsia Odyssey, and I'll tell you what we do there, and you can decide based on what we do, what's what's feasible for you. So, right. Karthik, um, uh, there are two areas where today snow leopard sightings can be a hopeful opportunity. One is Ladakh. Even in mm-hmm. Ladakh, there are two areas where people go. One is the Rumbak area, one is the Marka Valley, and the Ule area. So, um, if you go to Spiti, where we operate this expedition called the Unsia Odyssey, uh, it's an uh, 11-12 day expedition. So, the reason for that is we start from Chandigarh, then third day or the fourth day we are actually reaching Kibber. We need those three days for sure to acclimatize because we don't want to end up in a 14 and a half thousand feet in Kibber uh, from a 800 feet area um, and then. that mean that will mean we'll spend the next 2 3 days being pretty useless getting headaches and sleeping in the room all the time taking 
माइग्रेंट टैबलेट्स एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट सो वी वॉन्ट टू बी रेडी वेन वी रीच काजा और किब्बर सो वी नीड दोज थ्री डेज विच सीम्स लाइक ए वेस्ट बट इट्स एन इन्वेस्टमेंट सो वाइल वी आर गोइंग टू किब्बर वील स्टिल हैव अ लॉट ऑफ थिंग्स टू डू लाइक फॉर एग्जाम्पल रिकॉन्ग पियो इन द मंथ ऑफ जैन एंड फेब विल बी कंप्लीटली स्नोइंग इट विल बी लाइक अ ब्यूटिफुल हिल स्टेशन वेर यू कैन डू लिटल बिट ऑफ लैंडस्केप फोटोग्राफी एंड यू कैन सी द माउंटेन्स वॉट माउंटेन डू यू सी दर Uh, you see the uh, annapurna is it uh, what what no, no, no. what mountain you, you see? see the uh, kailas kailas yeah one one part of kailas right um, from the yeah. from the hill yeah okay fantastic so okay. so that's a beautiful area um, pardon me i forgot the name then we we also go to a place called tabo which is very close to kibber and we spend time there doing a little bit of culture landscape and you know there are uh, there are these monasteries then we go to a monastery called ki monastery which is also interesting i know a lot of wildlife enthusiasts they go to a place like this and they come back with snow leopards but they don't have any other pictures they don't have pictures of blue sheep nor ibexes nor any birds nor monuments nor landscapes only snow leopard photos which is not really a complete storytelling um, approach so we we do get these times so we spend six full days looking for snow leopards in kibber which means we are there for a week so 3 days plus a week makes it close to 10 days and while coming back we don't need to acclimatize we are coming back in 2 days so it's a 12 day trip what we do because going all the way there if you don't give yourself 6 full days to see snow leopards you are actually betting uh, too much on luck you are not giving yourself too much opportunities but let's say you don't have 12 days the recommendation i would give you is to go to ladakh where you fly to leh spend a day or two acclimatizing and drive to a place called ule and you can spend 4 to 5 days in ule going out every day looking for snow leopards there are sightings there not as good as piti in the recent times but um, they'll be quite a distant sighting and that's probably a, an option for you but spiti is a very remote area you will pass through areas which are actually on the border of tibet a few kilometers from tibet we are reaching a place so it's very very um, remote After the Atal Tunnel, the access in summer has been pretty good. From Manali, you can go to Spiti very fast. Um, in 2020, they came up with the Atal Tunnel. Um, but during the winter, I'm not too sure if that is still accessible, and we still need to go through acclimatization and the long route through uh, Shimla, Narkanda, Rampur, uh, Rikongpio, and um, you know Tabo and stuff like that. So the second question about other animals. uh i have had great gent gent i'm so sorry before you come to the second question uh what about may is may a good time to go or uh, no. is it an absolute no 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 i would probably think it is not even a season april is okay. when most people are wrapping up their snow leopard operations uh people would definitely take bookings in spiti because you can go to spiti in june also july also but then mm-hmm. the warmer it gets the higher the snow leopards go because right. uh, the higher the snow leopards because the the prey species go higher and the snow leopards right. go higher and it will become all the more difficult for you to find them which is why uh, see you might get lucky once or twice in may uh, most of us haven't been there in may um, uh, by any chance saurabh have you been in may i know you've been in april yeah i was i, I have done spitting august okay okay mm-hmm. but again the august is probably any time in summer is not an appropriate time for snow leopards because as you correctly say that they go on a higher altitude and again the camouflage is so well But even though they are there in the rocky patches, I mean that you know you can't see snow leopard very easily if they are not in the snow. Mm-hmm. So I guess 
although they are near by the town near the near by the village or they are, they are maybe somewhere around the roads it is very difficult to spot them in in summers right 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 okay so the second question uh, i was going to say uh, sighting wise uh, you said wild dogs so there are no wild dogs there there are foxes there are the red foxes and very rarely there are the tibetan wolves that have been sighted um no dogs for sure there are feral dogs which belong to uh, the communities which sometimes is a problem to the snow leopard cubs and also the black neck crane chicks and birds and all of that but otherwise uh, we do see a lot of other wildlife there it's not only snow leopard we do see birds like the lammergeier uh, you know the bearded vulture we do see the king what do you call it? the golden uh, eagle we do see um, some kind of small um, birds like um, uh, the red starts sometimes we do we do see the chukar um or kya dikhta hai snowcocks yeah himalayan snowcocks himalayan yeah. snow pigeons pigeons yeah. as well true true snow yeah. finches what what about lynx uh, because i remember ages ago i remember seeing a picture on inw of a lynx from ladakh apart yeah. from that i have not even seen a single picture that's true. from the wild at that, least in india that photo you saw belongs to a guy called gautam shah it was a lynx carrying a kill Uh, while right. w- while he was climbing ch- um, uh, the chang what is it called changla pass changla pass yeah yeah so gautam is a very good friend of mine he is now a nat geo contributor so it was a special sighting karthik it's not something which can be hoped for um so it's it's just one of those sightings which can happen to somebody who is blessed uh and what about brown bears oh uh, brown bears uh, in some areas in uh, dras i'm hearing about places where they go and find them but definitely not in these areas so snow leopards and brown bears together not really a possibility um, okay. but but in some areas in dras they are doing some regular tours i do get an email from one gentleman from kargil who keep uh, sending me some options of you know but then early days for brown bears uh, it's just beginning like how snow leopards were about 7 8 years ago i see i see thank you so much jayant uh, but if i may just you know clarify uh it was uh dr raghu chundawat who had told me about wild dogs uh, in ladakh of course i, I uh, guessed it because of uh-huh. and uh, but i don't know if it was spiti valley or uh, somewhere else because much i mean please don't mind but much like you i am not very good with names so i don't remember names of places right, uh, right. so i don't remember where it is that he had seen them but mm. uh, raghu did tell me once about mm. wild dogs so, so i was just wanting and he said that it's in all the years that he spent there it was only once that he saw them Interesting, uh, interesting. And I'm wondering if anyone else had seen them because just like the lynx picture that you were telling me about, that's am I right? Is that the only picture that uh, that exists, or has anyone else seen a picture also? Because I have seen only that one picture, and no other picture. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen one, um, and uh, that also I would consider a record shot because it's so rare that it was, you know, it was even I think it won a special mention in Sanctuary in 2007 or something. But uh, right. but uh, we haven't had some great shots of uh, at least the Himalayan. Uh, links but in europe people do get a lot of links uh, european links uh, so they they do get uh, quite a lot but uh, wild dogs any any um, uh, reactions saurabh kuch pata hai kya uh, wild dogs actually see lot of people have started saying that they are not actually the wild dogs but they have started saying that these feral dogs have some cross breeding with the wolves oh wolves it must be yeah and and these local people also say some name they have given some name to these kind of dog dogs mm-hmm. i guess so probably it is not the wild dog not the xuan alphinus definitely not the indian wild dog not the dhol yes not yes. the dhol yes. mm. but lot of people say that it is a cross breed with the wolves and they are literally dangerous for the community as well oh acha so there are couple of uh, attacks which had been done 
uh, which had been there in the couple of villages out there mm-hmm. but you know these are all like ghost stories i mean you cannot believe until and unless you really see them i guess mm-hmm. so it is probably not the wild dogs but the cross breeding which has been happening with the wolves right right because i have seen wolves for so many times in ladakh i have seen uh, three uh, wolves at a time in changla in tanglangla in hanle wow uh, in kipper we saw wolves from our window from our homestay we saw kya baat hai so i guess uh, cross breeding is maybe is mm-hmm. there i don't know but as i said they are all stories that we have heard but there are no proofs or there are no you know scientific research behind that is i don't i am not aware of it right right okay okay All thank right. you so much thank you guys pleasure pleasure so um who's next uh, ashish do you have any question please yeah uh, first of all good uh, good evening to ramakrishna jain sir and saurabh sir and it was a great uh, like you gave me the stage for a question uh, thanks for that yeah my question is uh, very simple i just want to know about snow leopard uh, does it consi- does it still considered as an endangered species and if it considered can how how like people are us like uh, can contribute toward this like if it's uh, like extend then how can normal people can be help out some like some of the things so that uh, this numbers should be uh, very uh, like uh, more or kind of things so this was my very simple question i just want to know about it so i'm very dead serious or i'm very dead uh, curious about this thing i know google will be help me out but i just want to know i i just want to know like hear about you yeah your experiences right. yeah that's my all question yeah so um, i mean on, on, so to be honest the snow leopard is definitely a threatened species it's uh, classically listed as a vulnerable species um, and uh, they they definitely feel the numbers have declined a lot but to be honest science is still yet to learn about this animal in totality it's very early days for snow leopard um, knowledge um, you know approximately 8 10000 snow leopards could be there in the whole of the himalayas which means mongolia china afghanistan pakistan a little bit of kazakhstan a little bit of uh, india and uh, even tibet and every place so we don't know too much to be honest about the signs of snow leopards and to be honest very recently we even heard noises of how the snow leopards can call when we saw what was that planet uh, earth ka second version and i was fortunate to have witnessed a snow leopard make a call mind that was a spine chilling experience for me honestly the biggest threat for snow leopards are um you know i i think prey habitat climate change and so many such things so uh, honestly a lot of us can contribute not to snow leopards but to other issues and it should take care of uh, you know but if you want to specifically work with snow leopard issues then i suggest you get in touch with organizations like uh, snow leopard uh, trust or with nature conservation foundation there is a gentleman called charujot mishra you can get in touch with prasanjit yadav who was there for a couple of years who knows a lot of it uh, you can google nat geo snow leopard prasanjit yadav and you will get a podcast which they recently announced um, interestingly i have been featured in that nat geo podcast as well because i spotted a snow leopard last uh, february and uh, nat geo team was there and they interviewed me about how the kill happened and all of that so honestly not very very easy to find ways to help snow leopard um, you have to be there there are a lot of scientists who are collecting data right now the first phase of uh, solving a problem is to understanding it currently i think 
a lot of biologists scientists organizations are busy trying to know what's the problem in many places and honestly every place has a different problem some places they used to kill because it comes and does livestock uh, harm some places there is uh, an issue with climate change some places there are there is no snow because of which prey species are in a different place so each place's problem is different so the answer is very tough for that it needs a lot of education and you need to get involved it's not a weekend activity as long as you're willing to contribute long term i'm sure organizations like snow leopard trust and ncf will be happy to share some requirements with you where you can contribute in cash and time uh, thank you sir uh, i would like to add up some of the thing over here i just want to know like uh, for an endangered species there are reason like multiple factors uh, i guess human conflict with the species uh, for that sake of reason they are considered as an endangered like or or like bunch of factors are affecting them um not necessarily human because human has hardly seen snow leopards um, you know if you take the number of people who live in india the number of people who have seen there or been in contact with snow leopards it's minuscule number of people but we sitting in bangalore bombay can be contributing to a snow leopards problem which is what the world is learning in the recent times right with respect to climate change global warming and all of that you don't need to be there in spiti to harm a snow leopard you can be in um, you know kolaba and still be a part of the problem uh, so it's not necessarily human related it could be human related as well but there are other issues like um, you know just prey species declining um, you know more towns coming up or, or could also be now see how many people are going to spiti building houses and the more the people more the dogs more the dogs snow leopards stay far away so it's a, it's a plethora of reasons depending on different uh, areas i feel not directly proportionate to i don't think poaching kind of problems like the tigers have in some places will be similar to uh, in snow leopard area but uh, when snow leopards come and kill a goat or a sheep or a uh, yak the, there is retaliatory killing in some places i'm sure in some places they pelt stones and kill i know that uh, wolves are also killed by uh, inviting the wolf into a small well kind of a place and they are stoned in some areas in the past scientists and biologists and organizations are working to educate these villagers trying to understand how they can be protected of their livestock so it's an it's a it's a process which has begun i feel um though lot of work like tiger conservation has not happened but um i think look at this uh, i think we are close to 100 people listening to the story of a snow leopard that means we are getting there where uh, we'll be able to really contribute to protect Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, it was an honor for me, like uh, having answers from you and all of the guys. Thanks, yeah. Ashish. Uh, hi, Sanika. Yeah. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Please ask your question. Am I audible? Very well. Yeah. So I had two questions. The first, first one was that when is the best time to spot uh, snow leopards? And the second one was uh, uh, apart from snow leopard, what all other animals can be found there? and as you were answering mr kartik i think i got those answers right right okay thank you sir so uh, for people who would love to go to snow leopard uh, areas and see snow leopards just you need to do guys is type uncia odyssey in google and it will lead you to the toehold spiti expedition uh, uncia is the scientific name of a snow leopard uh, panthera uncia is the actual scientific name so uncia odyssey you can see that on the screen that's what we call and uh, just be- before i forget guys next to to hold written on top there's a green house symbol please uh, f- um, uh, you know um, join the to hold club we'll have a lot of uh, talks like these in the days to come 
so to answer sanika's question apart from snow leopards uh, as we already said there are many other animals that you can see wildlife you can see beautiful landscapes uh, you can definitely get a lot more rewarding experiences from the culture of the place to the landscape of the place to the natural history of the place and uh, definitely i don't know why many people don't talk about it it's a spiritual experience to be in the mountains um i hope that answers your question uh, sanika yeah, thank you sir thank you so much shefali hi good evening good evening hi i just uh, you know i was wanting to understand what is the kind of time that needs to be done so kartik asked i got most of my answers right. so i did one trip to spiti in september october 2017 i see it was ideally to you know the landscape the culture all that but yes snow leopards have been on my mind mm. for quite some time i grew up in simla all my life spent mm. it there now in pune right so but that's something i've really been wanting to do so sure. just wanted to understand the time that we need to plan for things yeah, like that sure so sure no problem so uh, just to summarize we do trips mostly in jan feb march we don't do it in many other seasons because it's not really the yeah. best times um also we need photographs of snow leopards in snow so that is one of the reasons as well no point in you know always seeing snow leopards on a rock um, we would love to see it walking across in the snow how it deals with the snow it's a completely different beast when it's walking in the snow versus uh, hopping between rocks so uh, jan feb march is the time we go uh, we have back to back trips like for example i am leading two uh, two trips in january once i go i'll not come back till the second one is finished then the ram comes in one of the dates then saurabh comes in the end of feb so we have at least six trips in 2022 um god willing if uh, if uh, you know for me spiti is very um, uh, you know directly associated with covid because i was coming back from spiti to chandigarh when all the covid covid one one was happening uh, feb 2020 uh, march 2020 so so it is very um, i can't say nostalgia because not a pleasant experience to uh, go through the covid issues but jan feb march shefali Yeah, okay. So Jan, let's see what we get planned for Jan. Because that's sure. If, even if school opens for me, that will be off season for me. That's the perfect time to travel. Right. Absolutely. So let's see. Right. Work around that. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Joydeep, hi. Good Thank evening. You. Hi. Good evening, Jan. Uh, good evening, Harsha, Ram, Saurabh. Uh, how are you guys doing? Rocking man. All good. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, sir. Thank you. So I just jumped onto the speaker panel because uh, I did a trip to Spiti in May, and uh, that is a very good time to visit Spiti, uh, experience the landscapes, but not such a good time for the snow leopards because uh, we uh, uh, like with the interest in snow leopards, not just with the landscapes. I kept poking wherever I was staying to uh, like get me information if there was anything. Uh, we went all the way to Chicham, like cross the Chicham bridge and the village on the other side. and uh, there was no prey base so obviously the leopards were also uh, not there even we tried going towards the pin valley side the mud which is the last village is mud mm. a beautiful landscapes uh, totally thrilling places to go and visit but uh, in terms of snow leopard not such a, a good time to be so unlucky on that but i had a question uh, from a photographic standpoint uh, given those uh, climatic conditions and given the trek and everything around uh and also the fact that batteries drain faster in the colder temperatures uh also the lenses start fogging up what are the basic essential uh, tools or something special that you guys prefer taking to take care of the gadgets right um so the thing is it's not all that bad in spiti because we are not staying in camps we are staying in homestays 
which means as of now you have the luxury of a warm um, what do you call it, a room heater as well um so during the night when the temperatures are really sub zero uh, you do have um, um and that i mean what is the way in which these guys locally heat up the room the tandoor style so the yeah, room yeah. is pretty warm as you might have already seen uh batteries drain when you um keep it out in the open uh, for a long time faster than it would in a bandhagarh rantapur kabini kind of a place yes. but yes. uh the the secret to that is to have multiple batteries keeping them inside the bag um and and of course you will not run through batteries in a few hours um i have not been like i i use cameras which are pro cameras which i've never been changing batteries in the whole day so it's not that bad it's more of a uh it's more of a you know problem which is spoken about than actually a practical issue so not to worry too much in the cold like that but of course if you are camping in the night in the tent where you are subject to more harsh weather that's when uh we have done things in the past where we have uh, taken batteries and put them into the inner wear or the underwear uh, we put them inside the shirts and slept because we want the body temperature to keep the batteries warm and not let them drain so that next morning we are ready with a charged battery and of course those places there is no electricity um so you cannot charge batteries and stuff like that but in spiti right now in kibber you do have electricity you do have television which gives you the information about the wuhan virus as well yes yes, yes. no i mean uh, i had a specific uh, like moment in head like suppose you are on that ridge and you are observing uh, uh, snow leopard activity happening on the ridge in front and it's pretty uh, cold temperatures because it's snowing everywhere or maybe it's snowing while you are spotting this so uh, during that do you face that battery drains really fast keeping the camera on for that opportune moment and like carrying more than you carry to any other national park should be a norm Uh, definitely um, i i would say carry more battery than you would carry to a tiger park because you know in a tiger park yeah. you come back in the middle of the day you have you know lunch breaks and all of that here sometimes we go and find a snow leopard after 3 hours of a trek and uh, the last thing you want to do is go back to the camp for lunch which is like a rubbish idea so we would we would make the lunch come to where we are we have um, very hard working boys who are who double up as porters who are farmers during the summer and they go back and bring you lunch while you are sitting and watching the snow leopard during that time you don't want to go back because your battery is uh, you know uh, discharged so definitely we carry more battery uh, spare batteries than we would do for a normal trip but again depends on the kind of a camera you have let's say you are a, you are a pro camera user like a Nikon D5 D6 or a you know Canon 1DX or a pro Sony body you would not be having this issue as much as somebody with an entry level DSLR where the batteries drain faster mirrorless guys need to take a little more precaution because your lcd screen can suck a lot more drain uh, from the battery so so i i always make sure my lcd screen is not auto review or switched on all the time only the viewfinder is uh, you know because i have been using mirrorless for 2 2 years now so there are some things you need to change in your camera settings to uh, push your battery consumption to uh, minimal um and any which ways you're not shooting like you do in a tiger park um oh. you know so you'll be shooting one photo every few minutes rather than few photos every minute so i think it's not too much of an issue i, I wouldn't spend too much time worrying about camera battery problems because uh, it's a minuscule issue and also i guess again there there are some minor precautions like if you have your extra batteries rather than keeping those extra batteries in your bag you can keep it in your jacket near to your body so your body temperature keeps so your batteries will warm even at night when i sleep i take all my batteries out and i keep them 
in my quill in my quill so my quill my body temperature keeps those batteries a little warmer than they than they are in the bags so even while shooting i keep them in my inner inner pockets and that's how you can save you can earn more time in your batteries there's one more benefit for that saurabh um if you keep the batteries in your quilt you'll get up in the morning with a lot more charge you'll be charged anyway <laughs> 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 thank you thank you for those uh, professional insights and then thorough no thank problem you. no problem akib bhai good evening hello hello everyone great session sir uh so jumping to my questions i have two basic questions uh first one would be like you've mentioned i've recently heard your uh, at your overheard uh, podcast and in that uh, there was a mention of a human wildlife conflict where uh, they uh, you know a snow leopard had killed the cattle and uh, they uh, bought in the snow leopard and speared it so what my question was since the insurance policies and all that have started and uh, have you interacted with any locals and uh, do you see a mindset change in them matlab in regarding to the snow leopard as such honestly uh, my experience of being in the mountains is very very minuscule um, because you know you don't spend days and days there uh, we go once a once a year and we spend a couple of weeks so we hardly have time to you know but then if you speak to somebody like prasenjit who spent 2 years there camera trapping snow leopards they would probably have a lot more uh, ideas to share about this because they actually lived there for 2 years and so 2 years is a long time and uh, for people like us who visit there take a couple of weeks um, uh, at once uh, the interaction with community is very minimal we are mostly interacting with porters guides so watchers um, the hotel guy or the homestay guy his wife his child and stuff like that so honestly i don't think any one of us are really the right people to answer this question but i do feel going by all the reports we've heard stories we have heard um the the picture is getting painted where even the communities are accepting uh, the presence of snow leopards because they realize i'll give an example of maldives you know maldives was fishing a lot of their sharks until one day they realized a shark alive is much more valuable than a shark dead because tourism brings a lot of money so a, a homestay owner um also understands that when people from bangalore mumbai pune delhi all of them come there they are bringing money which they would you know have a lot of value for and they would want to have snow leopards there for a longer time so that they get benefit of tourism so i think even with a selfish perspective they would probably be changing their mindset towards these animals uh, even though it might not be the same with losing livestock and chalo yaar wo kya karega small leopard type uh, feeling definitely selfish wise if you think about it which is very human to think about your own benefit even then i think they have a benefit because of tourism okay sir and uh, moving to my second question uh, this might be a thrilling one for you all uh, who's so my question is regarding tracking a snow leopard so especially on the once your odyssey like uh, to hold ka you uh, like say for uh, you go to kabi near bhandavgarh and you track big cats like tigers and leopards you study the pug marks or the droppings but uh, when it comes to snow leopards i don't think there's access to things like that so what is uh, your all experience of tracking how do you go about it a good good question uh, um, i would love to hear ram and saurabh later but i'll just tell you one small story okay so the thing is we have trackers who wake up at 5 5:30 in the morning walk up to the ridge and spend their first one or two hours there uh, trying to give us a little bit of a benefit by the time we are ready 
but having said that everybody who is in spiti is a potential spotter um all you need is a binocular all you need is some kind of smartness to figure out signs like i was honored to be the guy who spotted a snow leopard for my group that's a great feeling you know it's not like spotting a leopard on a tree uh, which is also a special thing but here is a snow leopard in a mountain and uh, people who i don't know if anybody who has come with me in the last trip is here i yelled and stopped the whole bus and said snow leopard and then it started uh, you, did you say you heard that natjo uh, podcast did you did you say that yes ah, yes okay. i did I so did. that sighting i'm talking about um so it's a privilege to have spotted a snow leopard there all you need is to keep your eyes open look at the ridges when you are sitting and waiting use your time by scanning so binocular and spotting scopes are really important it's not like tracking using pug marks because how much area can you cover but then there are trackers who also spot pug marks from binoculars not by you know like a jeep we see it next to the jeep right but in the snow it's relatively easier to spot pug marks and even sitting on the ridge they can spot a pug mark which has gone from here to there and they can find out the direction the animal has taken and then they'll see the next one and next one and where they'll stop seeing the pug mark they'll scan that area so there is a trade craft involved in spotting snow leopards as well uh, and and some people are lucky um, so they they do spot a lot more because they are uh, i think more anxious eager attentive and also talented yes sir that answers my question any other inputs i would love to hear Sure. Thanks. Uh, see, honestly, if I have to add on here, it's what Jayan correctly said. Sometimes, you know, pushing yourself a bit—not uh, in terms of adventure, but in terms of spending a time in in the mountains—makes uh, a lot of sense. I mean, because I remember when the first time we saw the snow, snow leopard with a kill, it was there for five days. It was not moving at all. So after three, four days, everybody got—you know—that they were like, "Okay, now we are." quite bored seeing the same activity from last 3 4 days and everybody decided to stay back in home and we decided to go every day and we remember when it started moving from that place and we went to the bridge called Chicham bridge we thought that okay let's just go and try our luck if it has moved to that part of the uh, part of the valley or the gorge i think and that day i remember that we were standing on the bridge without the cameras i mean with the cameras were there definitely We're not aiming it to the valley, and I saw that okay, there's some tail is moving. I said, is it really the snow leopard? And when we saw it from the binocular, it was a snow leopard sitting on a nice iceberg in the valley, and the whole landscape was gorgeous. So sometimes, rather than sitting in homestay or rather than you know getting bored by seeing the same activity, you should keep searching for different opportunities because you know when when it has come to snow leopard, it, it's not that you just want to see it. you also want to make a good image so try to give yourself more opportunities and try to be uh, you know little bit of active or push yourself till extra when you are there thank you sir ram do you want to add yeah the only other point that i want to add is you know while you have your trackers who, who are good at what they are doing they will get the job done in terms of tracking and giving you the location there is nothing harm in exploring the places around because there's a lot of activity of uh, you know red fox and there are uh, the uh, lammergeirs flying sometimes the himalayan griffon flying so that way you get to also kind of you know see sometimes what happens is behind kibar uh, there is like a horizon uh, kind of a uh, thing and when i was there it was almost a full moon day and that day the moon it was around 5 o'clock and we were tracking the snow leopard and the Uh, it was getting dark as well but then the moon just rose behind the mountains 
so if you have nothing to do and if you're feeling com- totally fit it's better to kind of just come around and acclimatize do your acclimatization walk it's like a warm up for you it's, it's you need that kind of a uh, little bit of walk of about a kilometer or two around the village so that will always open new opportunities of uh, make them very interesting photographs thanks ram thank you everyone thank you that was a great input thank you uh praful do you have a question krishna kan the last you next yeah good evening sir actually i have two questions and one information lata ladakh uh, member of parliament has just announced that everyone in the ladakh is at least partially vaccinated now today only okay uh, uh my question is sir uh, what was your how was your first experience like when you first spotted what was your reaction to first question and the uh, second question is more related to conservation thing how much retribution killing or poaching is prevalent in india retribution killing of these uh, snow leopards okay uh, honestly my first ever snow leopard sighting was nothing romantic it was a sitter um so i remember reaching kibber at 5 o'clock in the evening and i already saw in the binoculars of 20 people standing and watching uh, an animal and uh, i realized we'll go there in the morning and in the next morning we went there stopped the bus got down pulled the tripods took the camera started walking in the snow 10 minutes later it was sitting there like a monument for us so it was not like an exciting search and then you know we got it and then you know it was it was pretty expected for me but uh, this snow leopard sighting i was just mentioning was the one which is the most exciting and which happened to be one of my best sightings so we were driving past and um the snow leopard was standing on the ridge and looking at our bus and it was at eye level um so that was an amazing sight and once i stopped the bus and we all got down pulled our tripods and the snow leopard had vanished so we ran towards the edge of the ridge to see what had happened and what i saw was shocking the snow leopard was rolling down holding an ibex in its um, you know forearms and the ibex and the snow leopard were rolling down and we were panting we didn't even have time to set the tripod and the 600 800 mm were too heavy to hand hold because it was a distance and by the time we set up the tripod the ibex and the snow leopard rolled down into the small stream and the snow leopard caught the ibex's neck and killed it after a few minutes and that's a photo that i have and that's what is also in the nat geo story and that was an exciting sighting for us the most exciting thing was usually snow leopard sightings happen on the opposite side of the ridge but this snow leopard after 3 days of feeding on the ibex wanted to hunt again and he was an old male i believe um, he crossed the valley and came to our side and 150 200 meters away he was stalking blue sheep and that was the most special sighting for me but i think amongst all of us here saurab has had one amazing sighting saurab can you please give us some insight on that story of the cubs fighting playing yes. all of that yes 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 sir so we started from we started following mother and the cub cubs uh, from the sumdo side you know the sumdo which is another site of the kibber village so we started following this mother and cubs and that day it was we spotted them quite late in the day and it was almost 5:30 when the first time we saw mother and cubs and they were walking towards the gorge which is quite near to the village and next day morning we decided to go there and i remembered that that day we decided that okay we will start a little early because we were expecting mother and cubs uh, near to the gorge 
I remember that we woke up at 6 o'clock and 6 o'clock in Spiti is really tough. I mean, you know, finishing all your routine activities at 6 o'clock is very difficult in the morning. And we were there at almost uh, 6.45, 7 we were there and only three of us could reach there by 7 o'clock. And that day, it was the closest ever sighting that I had. I mean, I mean, I could see the mother and cubs doing most of their activities. They were very active. They were playing around, jumping around. The mother was walking on the other side of the ridge. And then, you know, the female cub was very shy. It was not coming out of the small den out there. And the mother used to come back, call the cubs. You know, all those activities were happening. And by the time everybody came, they settled on the rock and they were... they were behind the rock but they were not coming off the ball so probably that was the most exciting uh, sighting for me but another exciting sighting was uh, the picture if i don't know if you guys remember the art of camouflage i posted on internet went viral so uh, that image was probably another exciting sighting because that was was uh, what ram was mentioning that you know it is a very rare chance that you got to see the snow leopard on the same side of the ridge and that day when we were walking uh, from the uh, from the village there were no news of a snow leopard i mean you know as jan said that spotters start uh, they start early and they set themselves on the ridge and start looking for the snow leopard that day on a wireless we were not getting any kind of news that they sighting the pugmas that killed or anything was not there we just were walking so we decided okay let's walk towards the place and let's see if we can spot the snow leopard as soon as we started walking that side we saw the pug marks on the road itself because you know seeing a uh, pug marks on the road where the gypsies are moving it's very difficult because that part of the snow becomes the ice but we saw it on the on the road that very fresh pug marks are there and we decided to search all the guides and porters and rest of the teams that came to that side i remember that everybody said that for almost a day because we in the morning we saw the snow leopard head coming out of the ridge and it was on the same ridge when we were there and then it almost 4 o'clock it started moving and that was the first time that the snow leopard was on the same side of the gorge and when it went uh, it, it it tried to come out of the snow but you know because of the presence of all the photographers and guides and porters it didn't come on the same side but it went it decided to go on the other other side of the gorge to get down in the gorge and there that's what that's what that was the place where i got to click that image the art of camouflage camouflage which incidentally got viral on the internet So you know this was these were the two most exciting uh, sightings but as Jan said that the first sighting of Jan was not very romantic <laughs> for me it was very very romantic because i was seeing snow leopard almost after the two not very great experience in for snow leopards so i was seeing snow leopard for, for you know after 3 years i mean so it was almost two and a half years when i had been trying to see the snow leopard so for me it was very fast very very felt it was like it was like i i got goosebumps when i saw for the first time <laughs> ram how was your first we're all asking like how how was sure. your first experience falling in love kind of a question so <laughs> 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 i i've been to uh, spidio only once 
and that was in 2017 i think 2016 is when it started become becoming popular that you know people were aspiring to kind of go to spiti as john was mentioning earlier uh, in this uh, meeting uh, 2017 the first day i we go to kibra uh, after all acclimatization and everything that evening uh, as we were doing our uh, first day of uh, kibra acclimatization walk we were heading towards chichum village and um, and and because the spotters are told that there are uh, the uh, the there are a few blue sheep that side and uh, we were hoping to kind of get a close shot but we had to go towards chichum and somebody somebody does a radio saying the snow leopard is on the other side so i have fortunately you know uh, I've, i've been i've always been to sports and uh, always been active i play all kinds of outdoor uh, games and hiking and all that stuff so for me it wasn't easy for me to uh, it wasn't tough for me to kind of you know quickly change direction and then start scooting but then what i had forgotten was um my camera man my porter was carrying the camera was behind and i had raced along all the way from the people or the friend and and then i'm looking for my porter my camera is not there and then i had to literally kind of yell from there to say no come close, uh, come quickly meanwhile all the other uh, fellow mates of mine who were walking along we were walking behind all walk past me and then were further marching ahead and we were all still in keeper so if, if i looked about a 45 degree angle i can see the keeper village right on top so jayant and um, saro will be able to uh, recollect where exactly my position is mm-hmm. and then we we further there is like a u there's a there's a light slight drop and then there's like a u turn kind of a thing where the gods you can see the gods really closely after that the the road opens up towards uh, you know kim there the case no the pot was walking probably about a mile away i i can easily say it was over a mile i was using a nikon d500 which is a crop sensor and i had even uh, i'm not sure if i further crop my uh, this thing for to get pitch but i was sure i am not going to use a teleconverter on a 600 mm i Of, of probably a, like a rock or something like that in a, in a vast landscape it's like a minuscule it's like so that way it was very exciting for me although it was very far and i took time to uh, photograph and uh, spot because i didn't carry the binoculars with me that's the lesson one that i learned because i didn't want to carry any extra weight on me i had a backpack which had extra batteries and uh, my 7300 uh, at the at the back sorry my 304 at the back but then i didn't have a uh, camera body with me by the time my porter could come the others had seen the snow leopard move from different uh, landscapes to other places and the one funny thing is there's one image where uh, the spotter was telling somebody was telling me it's right behind below that big rock i tried as hard as possible even with the spotting scope i could not see this uh, snow leopard i just focused the camera there and took about 8 or 10 shots of which three shots i had the snow leopard <laughs> a fraction of a second it just came and then it went back in but fortunately for me it walked down the road so in that scape shots you cannot see the road but all you can see is just you know it's just white blanket and there's something really small moving there so that gave me goosebumps then <laughs> my only other expedition was on the last day before we could leave i was a little physically injured with my arm i kind of burnt my hand in the chimney i kind of leaned on to it and then had my entire wrist burnt Fortunately for me I I stayed out from 7:30 till about 11:30 in the morning 7 o'clock to 11:30 in the morning with without my, my gloves because if I wore my gloves my hands would burn but because of the burnt wood on my palm I could shoot for 5 hours 
without a, 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 any issues on my palm or on my right arm but on the left arm if i removed the gloves it was hurting so the last day the snowleopard gave me about four and a half hours sighting and i was content <laughs> so those are my experiences thank you ram thank you so to answer praful's second question um, related to poaching i don't think we have enough data i don't think people are able to even survive there properly so finding a snow leopard itself is such a difficulty so i don't think it has issues of poaching like a tiger has um or a leopard has um but uh, we still don't know too much i feel sorry praful i'm not qualified scientifically to answer that question in accuracy so i don't want to tell you something i'm not an expert in um krishnakant do you have a question yeah uh hi good evening everyone uh i have three quick questions ஒன்னும் call this um, you know uh, an end and end this at 8:15 so i hope you guys will stay on to uh, see some more questions krishna kan sorry please go ahead sure no worries so uh, my question to all of you guys is uh, you know you have been seasoned uh, and have been going uh, 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 like every season uh, in your experience uh, what is the closest possibility there is there that you know uh, i mean like uh, saurabh mentioned that he got at a distance of 250 meters so um, in your experience uh, what is it that you uh, there is a probability or a possibility it can come closest like 200 meters 300 meters or 500 meters so typically uh, you know uh, what is the shooting range second question is um, what are the typical areas like in a typical uh, uh, tiger reserve we have different zones so are there any designated places within the village where you know four or five different locations are there and probably we so the viewing points from where we are able to see and third question is is the use of drones allowed yeah i'll take the third question first use of drones absolutely not allowed i remember one of my tour participant without telling any one of us went out and started flying a small air mavic air and one guy from the snow leopard trust came running up about 200 meters to catch hold of the drone and the guy and said it's not allowed it's a disturbance to the village to the animals to everything else so let me remember your um, other question uh, the closest sightings can sometimes be 10 feet in fact there was somebody who was driving a car and they got a snow leopard cross the road uh, from the car and they took pictures from the mobile phones um, i i i actually saw this while i was on the way to um, you know um, uh krishnakanta muted you because there was a lot of ambient noise so sometimes the sightings can be even 15 20 feet away sometimes 100 meters away sometimes 1 kilometer away sometimes like ram said you have to take pictures in one direction and hope that you when you go back to your computer you'll see a snow leopard somewhere so it cannot be predicted sometimes they're very far sometimes they're very close but one thing is law of averages most of the times they are quite far so even with a 600 mm it will be a habitat shot most of the times very very strange situations when you'll find them occupying 20% of the frame 30% of the frame uh, very very rarely it'll occupy even you know so you need a higher megapixel camera where you'll probably crop more use a teleconverter use a long lens that's probably the only way to get it 
now i forgot your first question uh my second question was um you know like in a typical ज where you'll go and start looking out using binoculars spotting spo- scopes uh, when you don't see a snow leopard you go to these places and hope to find one and once you find one you will have to figure out whether you'll take a car and go to the nearest point or whether you'll start walking so there are uh, areas where you can and where you can go where you cannot go will be determined on that day because there could be a snow leopard with a kill and you cannot go closer there could be a snow leopard with cubs and you don't want to disturb them so it's not like here where ए जोन यहाँ पे है बी जोन वहाँ पे है जोन वन जोन टू नथिंग लाइक दैट इट्स शेयर विल्डरनेस बिकॉज इट्स अर्ली डेज ऑफ टूरिज्म देयर बट इफ पीपल कीप गोइंग टू स्पीति लाइक द वे वी आर इन टू थ्री ईयर्स टाइम वी माइट गेट अ टिकट एंड से यू आर गोइंग टू दिस एरिया यू आर गोइंग टू दैट एरिया यू आर बाइंग ए परमिट फॉर दैट विच कैन हैपन इन द नियर फ्यूचर एट द मोमेंट यू कैन गो एनी वेर थैंक यू थैंक यू शरद बंगेरा हाई गुड इवनिंग Hi good evening Jain sir good evening sir good evening boliye sir kaise aap or any questions bas bas very fine yeah i had just one question about personal protective equipment hmm required for such uh, sub zero temperatures right right uh, are there are, are these all available in india do we need to buy them so what kind of equipment are you talking about uh, uh the the gear that you need to wear to protect ha ah, you mean uh, clothing okay okay yeah, all right okay, okay um all right so uh, good question i think decathlon is e- easily a great place to buy very affordable clothing for such winter wear um is it uh, is it is it is it uh, sustainable for sub zero temperatures absolutely absolutely there are expensive products also in decathlon having said that i might not be the right person because my winter wear comes from the arctic and antarctica so i've not bought anything in india so ram saurabh what do you guys do to buy where have you bought your stuff from so i'll, I'll go first officer yeah no please please ram go okay so uh, decathlon today you know fortunately they have uh, sufficient ski pants and they also have uh, Uh, they have the jackets for about minus 15 or minus 20 uh, back then 2017 i had to really hunt and the only option was columbia so if you're looking for a, a pocket friendly budget thing you can actually go with decathlon uh, jackets uh, but go with something with the hood and all that i know when you kind of when you kind of send the tour prep uh, and planning we kind of give the recommendations But otherwise, if you if you don't have a budget constraint, you can look at branded uh, gears like North Face or Columbia, because Columbia have their own uh, you know patented products. So that way, you can be rest assured that it's it's going to be long lasting and rest assured. But okay. Decathlon is not. Sorry, sorry, over to you, please. No, no, I guess uh, you answered it nicely, Ram. क्या खा रहा है सौरभ धोखला खा रहा है क्या धोखला सो शरत होल्ड ऑन आई आंसर यू लिटिल सी सी 
Kibar during winter the temperatures are minus 25 and upwards unless it's it's that year is really warm and it's like below uh, like below minus 15 in everything but you may not really find a, a jacket uh, which is probably minus 20 the way how you compensate that is you know to have a very very high quality thermals and then uh, a second layer of uh, something like a I'm not getting the exact word um wind sheet something like a pullover um for wind then you're down something which is of minus 15 Bloody. or something that's because your thermals and your second layer is actually giving you that comfort of another 5 to 7 degrees and then you add a down jacket and then you will also have a balaclava that a balaclava has to be really really good because i ex- i didn't have a, a solid balaclava because back then i couldn't really uh, i ordered but i didn't come from us uh, and then later i didn't find anything else in india or in colombia or anything for that matter for that reason only for a balaclava and i ran short of time but i, I went with a basic one and then i had a blizzard one day when there was minus 40 or minus 30 35 or something and then there was a snowstorm i had a blizzard and i had to really get back into the uh, room for the comfort of the room so having a not just a round a right down jacket is important but having a good balaclava one is very very important actually so sharath um, i think what we forgot to mention in, in detail in the beginning was uh, the secret of dressing um, is basically in layers here so you don't need one jacket which will protect you from the cold because it's actually worse to wear a very very strong uh, you know protective jacket in the sun when you are in the in the cold there because when you sweat inside a jacket when it's very warm sometimes you will actually get much colder than otherwise so you need to dress in layers which mean you'll need an underwear which is thermal then you need a second layer then you need a third layer then you need of course the down jacket kind of a thing which is very thick and has a hood and all of that gloves i prefer to have two kinds of gloves one is called an inner layer which is what will keep you um warm for a temporary usage like you want to take pictures you're still wearing a gloves and taking pictures it's like a skin but you put that inside another layer of gloves which is the outer layer and um some technologies like what ram was mentioning i i buy a lot of my gear in scandinavia because i go to the arctic a lot there is a technology called gortex and similar technology in india uh, and colombia also has something i don't know what it's called um, they they have a way in which it's breathable it's very important for our body heat to you know uh, also be um, getting out so you you don't want to sweat and that will become cold and you will suffer a lot more later on so you need breathable clothing it should it should not take the cold inside but it should allow your body heat to get out it should it should basically make sure you're breathing and that means you're dressing up in layers and when it's too hot you open the top layer then you you know manage with the middle layer and definitely you don't want to remove the um first layer which is underwear all across your body so dressing in layers is the secret decathlon definitely has a lot of it but if you you know buy good quality clothing from companies like north face patagonia uh, the place where i buy is called um, you know fial raven it's a swedish brand once you buy it's 10 years good and the jacket that i wear it's a very very strong one which is made for antarctica it's called sail racing and um, i don't think i'll need to buy one more parka as we call it for another 10 years so it's like one time investment but of course it's a 1000 dollar jacket i cannot afford to buy it again but once you buy it you can be in it um, you know i was actually sleeping in the cold uh, one of my 
the participants called sushmita has taken a picture of me sleeping in that parka in the in the middle of the day out in the cold so it's pretty warm if you buy the right gear okay thanks jim thanks sunita hi we have a few minutes if you want to ask your last question and i'll probably close it after that are you there sunita anyway while she is still figuring out guys thank you everybody for joining us um, um for this chat i hope it was an entertaining uh, educational and uh, inspiring uh, discussion snow leopards are very special animals for us uh, once you once you get to see a snow leopard you would definitely uh, understand the excitement one of the most precious cats uh, harsha sorry we haven't had too much of your talk here um you can add after sunita um but we do have some expeditions lined up in 2022 I am doing a couple of them in January, Saurabh in February and hopefully sometime in the middle of that will be Ram's expeditions as well. So if anybody is interested in joining snow leopard expeditions especially the Unsia Odyssey you can google toehold snow leopard and you will find the URL or you can just type toehold.in/spiti and it will lead you to our snow leopard expedition as well. Sunita please go ahead. Uh hi Jay good evening and good evening to rest of the people on the forum. Wonderful session a lot of uh, insights towards and uh, as jay what you mentioned which resonated with my way of uh, looking at things is it's not only the snow leopard there are so many things associated with it including the spiritual connect so that was good and i wanted to just add a point that there is decathlon is one place where you will get everything because i bought stuff a couple of years back i did the chatter trek the frozen river trek and i i picked up things from there and you get jackets which can go up to minus 30 there's a brand called kechwa so it is available you have it in all brands and decathlon is a one stop shop for whoever wants to pick up uh, things for such kind of treks right right super thank you sunita um i think guys time for all of you to go and have your sunday dinner thank you very much for hanging out here and uh, ram saurabh harsha myself happy to answer any questions outside of this talk as well um uh, connect with us ask us any question if you want to go to the mountains um you should prepare from a long time before the actual d day so we'll be happy to share any information we have already filled half of one of the tours we are looking forward to announcing more batches once we see more people signing up and of course hopefully after 2 years we'll be able to have an unsia odyssey in 2022 harsha you want to add anything um, and um, um let us know if you want to go there in the near future to be the real big uh, after hearing so many wonderful stories definitely i would be will eager to lead one of the expeditions in the future right and someone asked about the poaching of snow leopards so unfortunately snow leopards are uh, one of india's top 5 poached animals oh. it's just next to the pangolin interesting <laughs> and according to where where is this data it was a global uh, wildlife thing which they had uh, announced a few months ago right so this was listed as one of india's top 5 poached animals wow interesting amazing how we don't let any animal in any kind of a terrain amazing in fact i was uh, having a, a conversation a couple of years ago with one of our client who was a, a army officer there so he used to say that uh, people the terrorists especially used to gun down the snow leopards and make money for their funding oh, wow. to selling the body parts interesting interesting super thanks for that harsha um, not something i am very aware of um, all right guys so uh, saurabh sorry bahut der tak rakh liya dhokla khatam hua hai to bye bol do sabko <laughs> <laughs>
चलो ठीक है थैंक यू सो मच चयन फॉर हाइंग एक्चुअली पूरा पुराना सब ताजा हो गया Looking forward, yeah. I hope all of us get there. All of us get there and show a lot more people the beautiful um, Spiti Valley in the winter and snow leopard. And I hope, uh, I hope uh, we'll have a great year going forward. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. I'm going to try and see if I can post this recording on IGTV um, or a podcast or something. I'm recording it against clubhouse policies, but since I am the speaker here, I make an exception and. Uh, looking forward to sharing it with all of you thank you very much everybody recognize a lot thank of faces you, here thank you all good night good night take care bye thank you all bye bye